Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Be sure to visit robertjmorgan.com where you'll find Rob's blog posts, podcast feed, bookstore, free resources, and more. If you've not already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. Now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Bible teaching podcast. We're in a series of studies called Living on the Precipice of Prophecy, and I'm dealing with issues related to the signs of the times and the end of the age. This is in conjunction with the release of my book, The 50 Final Events in World History. As I watch the headlines, I'm convinced that a phenomenal pattern is about to unfold. The times aren't lurching into chaos. They are moving towards culmination and consummation. There is hope for tomorrow, and there's hope for you and for me and for ours. The cascading flow of crises is merging with the outlines of biblical prophecy like two mighty rivers crashing into each other and coalescing into an unstoppable flood. And for the children of God, It isn't a flood that will sweep us away, but one that will lift us up. We need this kind of uplifting hope. Everyone that I know now seems to have a lot of unexpected stress. Looming over the demanding details of daily life are gathering clouds of worldwide cataclysm. We are living in perilous times. The world has always been in a mess, but not since the days of Noah has our fragile planet faced such imminent and existential dangers as now. These threats, whether they're nuclear, economic, technological, philosophical, moral, political, biological, viral, environmental, whatever they are, they imperil the earth with calamities of biblical proportions. So in these last days, when breaking news hits us at the speed of light, it is vital to understand scriptural prophecy and to have a firm grasp on the Bible's last words about Earth's final days. So this is my book, The 50 Final Events in World History, and it would be a tremendous help if you would pre-order it wherever you like to get your books. As part of this release, I'm adding this additional information in this podcast having to do with the last days. This episode or this series of episodes is entitled Living on the Precipice of Prophecy. In the first episode, we talked about exactly when Christ is coming again. If you missed that, go back and give it a listen. We cannot predict dates from the Bible, but we can detect clues from the headlines. And in the process, we've got to be taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And then last week, I began a study of the man of evil, a biblical biography of the Antichrist. And I'm going to devote three different podcasts to this because the information through the Bible is so expansive. And I covered a lot of ground last week. Uh, I was a little longer than I should have been this week. Maybe I'll be a little shorter. But I want to take a moment to review, and then we'll move forward. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible teaches that a powerful superman of evil will arise at the end of history as the climactic director and dictator of the world, and he will seek to destroy the nation of Israel and thwart the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
we get the first hint of this man in Genesis 3.15, where he is called the seed of Satan. We're told that he will be defeated by the seed of the woman. That's the proto-evangel, the first predictive verse in the Bible, Genesis 3.15. We also get a glance of this man and the person of Nimrod in Genesis 10 and Pharaoh of Egypt in the early chapters of the book of Exodus. But it's in the prophecies of Daniel where the picture of this man of lawlessness takes on a definite shape. And the last time we looked at Daniel 7, where he's described as a warrior who will lead the armies of the world against Israel for three and a half years, we're told that this man will be very boastful and blasphemous. And yet, just before he can destroy the people of God, God will destroy him and his empire. And the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, will reign on the throne with an empire that will never be destroyed. Daniel 9 tells us that this personage of evil will establish a covenant with Israel for seven years, but in the middle of that period, he will change his mind, set up his own image in the temple, and demand to be worshipped. That will trigger a time of tribulation such as the world has never seen before and will never see again. This abomination that causes desolation is central to biblical prophecy. It is mentioned 10 different times in the Bible. I talk about that in the 50 final events in world history, and we'll discuss it some in these podcasts. Daniel 10, 11, and 12 gives us even more material, including this historical preview of the Antichrist and the person of Antiochus IV. So if you missed any of that, go back and take a listen because it is very vital information, and it's worth studying this with an open Bible, making sure that you understand it. Well, all of that is in Daniel. We've touched on Genesis and Exodus and Daniel. But Daniel is not the only prophet who warns us against this Superman. The prophet Isaiah mentions him several times. I've been reading through the book of Isaiah in my devotions, and I have always underestimated this powerful, eloquent, puissant book written by this brilliant man of Isaiah. Well, in chapter 10 of his book, Isaiah has a message for a wicked king, one who is determined to destroy Israel. Now, in the immediate context, Isaiah is addressing the king of Assyria, who came against both Israel and Judah. He defeated Israel and wiped that nation off the face of the earth in 722 BC, and he threatened to an inch of its life the southern kingdom of Judah. But as in so many places in the Bible, this preview or this story of the king of Assyria is a preview of what is going to happen at the end of the age. It is a pre-enactment of the Lord's purposes for the last days. And Isaiah's words have a meaning that can only be fulfilled in the future. So look at Isaiah 10, beginning with verse 12. The Lord will say, I will punish the king of Assyria for the willful pride of his heart and the haughty look in his eyes. For he says, By the strength of my hand I have done this, and by my wisdom, because I have understanding. I removed the boundaries of nations. I plundered their treasuries. Like a mighty one, I subdued their kings. Therefore, the Lord said, The Lord Almighty will send a wasting disease upon his sturdy warriors. Under his pomp of fire will be kindled like a blazing flame. 
the light of Israel will become a fire, the Holy One a flame, and a single day it will burn and consume his thorns and his briars. The splendor of his forest and fertile fields it will completely destroy, as when a sick person wastes away, and the remaining trees of his forest will be so few that a child could write them down. And that day, the remnant of Israel, the survivors of Jacob, will no longer rely on him who struck them down, but will rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. So Isaiah says this wicked king will pretend at first to be Israel's savior, and they will rely on him. But then he will seek to bring about the destruction of Israel. But yet in a single day, God will consume his armies and defeat him, and Israel will rely on the Lord alone. This was fulfilled remarkably in the story of Sennacherib in the book of Isaiah and in the Kings and Chronicles accounts, but it is still predictive of what is going to happen at the end of the age. Now look at Isaiah chapter 16, verses 4 and 5. The oppressor will come to an end, and destruction will cease. The aggressor will vanish from the land, and love a throne will be established, and faithfulness a man will sit on it, one from the house of David, one who is judging and who seeks justice and speeds the cause of righteousness. So this is referring to the second coming of Christ who will assume the throne of Israel and reign for a thousand years. Just before he does, he will bring an end to the oppressor and to destruction, and the aggressor will vanish from the land. Now, in Isaiah 26 and 27, the Antichrist in his system of evil is, is compared to a serpent, the fabled Leviathan, which is a symbol of chaos and rebellion all the way through the Bible. So let's read this beginning with Isaiah 26 and verse 20. I believe this is a description, ultimately, of the Great Tribulation. Go, my people, into your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until God's wrath has passed by. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling. Now, look at that. The Lord is coming out of his dwelling. I think this is a reference to Christ coming down from heaven to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will disclose the blood shed on it. The earth will conceal its slain no longer. And that day the Lord will punish with his sword his fierce and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent, he will slay the monster of the sea. Now, at first glance, you might think that Leviathan, the coiling serpent, is the devil. And it is hard to distinguish the devil from the Antichrist, as we'll see. But in Revelation 19, when Jesus comes again, he will slay the Antichrist with the sword coming from his mouth, the same language here that Isaiah uses. And he will destroy the wicked armies of the earth, but the devil will not be slain. He will be bound in the abyss for a thousand years and then released briefly before being consigned to eternal hell. So the book of Isaiah has some information. In fact, it is filled with information about the twin comings of Christ, his first coming and his second coming. It's full of information about the return of Christ and the golden millennial reign. So it's not surprising that we have many references to the day of judgment on this earth when Jesus will wipe evil from the planet and establish his kingdom. 
and we can see in some of those passages the shadow of the sinister man of crime, this man of lawlessness, the Antichrist. Now let's turn to the Gospels and to the famous Olivet Discourse, the sermon Jesus gave to his disciples on the Mount of Olives about the end of the age and the signs of the times. Look at Matthew 24, verses 2 and 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. Now, the ultimate false Christ, or pseudo-Christ, or antichrist, will come at the end of the age and will deceive many. He will be preceded by many others who are dictators, who are antichrist. At least they have the spirit of rebellion against Christ and they will try to dominate the world. But there is one who is ultimate. And look down at verse 15. Jesus said, So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. In other words, Jesus is affirming and, and, and really explaining the prediction of Daniel that we saw earlier. The man of lawlessness will set up his own temple, his own image in the temple, and demand to be worshipped by the Jews. And this will trigger a time of distress, time, times, and half a time, three and a half years, of tribulation such as the world has never seen and will never see. Well, in the next episode, we'll move on to the epistles and to the book of Revelation as we continue our biblical biography of the Antichrist. But let's make a simple list of what we've learned so far. In the book of Genesis, a powerful warrior named Nimrod arose who was associated with the establishment of both the Assyrians and the Babylons. Centuries later, the northern kingdom of Israel was defeated by the former, and the southern kingdom of Judah was defeated by the latter. In the last days, there will be another powerful warrior who will build a kingdom with Babylonian-type hatred towards Israel and Roman-like brutality. And so this theme of a mighty warrior goes all the way through the Bible, and we are told that he will emerge out of a 10-member global confederation he will have a vile tongue that is blasphemous. Every time we see him, this is said of him. He will be a fierce-looking ruler, a master of intrigue. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. He will do as he pleases. He will appear to be a savior and will deceive many. He will cast off submission to any god other than himself and worship only military might. He will set up a peace treaty of Israel, but he will break that covenant halfway through its seven years and place his own image in the rebuilt Jewish temple where he will demand to be worshipped. He will wage war against Israel for these three and a half years and be even worse the, than Antiochus IV who brutalized Israel about 200 years before Jesus. He will surround Jerusalem and wage war against it. He will pitch his tent between the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean Sea and lead the armies of the world against the beautiful land and the holy city, but he will be defeated 
but not by human power. He will come to his end, and the wrath of God will be poured out on him. In a single day, he will be judged. The aggressor will vanish from the land. The Leviathan will be slain by the sword coming from the mouth of the king. And he will be replaced by the true Christ, the Son of Man, who will return with the authority of the Ancient of Days to claim his throne over all of the world. And one from the house of David will be established, and he will speed the cause of righteousness, and he will reign forever and ever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. In the next episode, we'll continue working our way through the Bible to see what else we can learn. But remember, the glorious thing is knowing the real Christ. When we see the bloodthirsty and ruthless men and women of evil causing so much suffering and perpetrating great sin, remember they are lead-ups to the ultimate coming man of lawlessness, but all of their evil will be judged in the end. In the end. And you and I, who are true followers of Jesus Christ, will reign forever in the kingdom of our Father. As Martin Luther said, And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. Well, thanks for digging into the riches of the Bible with me. Remember to check out my book, The 50 Final Events in World History. And if you're able to or you'd like to, pre-order it. It is in a regular hardback published edition. It is also available electronically, and it will be available also in audio. This episode of the Robert J. Morgan podcast was produced by Joshua Rowe and the marketing agency Clearly Media. Audio editing was done by Courtney Warner. Print editing and blog posting by Sherry Anderson and Luke Tyler and music by Elijah Rowe. Look for the transcript of this podcast soon on the blog page at my website, robertjmorgan.com, where you'll also find many other resources. Thank you for listening, and may God be with you until we meet again.